nuclear proliferation, global pandemic, famine, environmental genocide, war. Mankind teeters on the brink of a second dark age. Everywhere you turn, chaos, anarchy, and shadow. In these bleak days, under the fading light, where businesses and the little guy are left for dead on the side of the byway, and people cry out for the rule of law, humanity is at a breaking point, where there is no light at the end of the tunnel, and everything good seems to have been barred, or banned, or barred. Two men offer up their voices in the darkness, a shining beacon leading the huddled masses into the safe harbor of good business practices and occasional time travel. Here are your hosts, the Sirens of Sanity, David Pridham and L. Bradley Sheaf. Well, there it is, Brad. Elvis Presley, one of the great singers of all time, singing Blue Christmas uh, to whet the appetite of this studio audience that trekked all the way into the studio on Christmas Day to spend it with you and I. What a, what a privilege. It is a privilege, and I, I, I very much appreciate folks making the effort. I like all the Santa hats. I like the Rudolph antlers and noses. There's some frankincense out there. I can smell it. There may be myrrh. I have a hard time telling the difference, um, but I, I'm excited about the folks that are here and I'm excited about their upbeat spirit, despite the fact that the White House is uh, doesn't seem to be having quite the uh, the upbeat Christmas spirit. I think they're having a rough uh, week, Brad. But uh, listen, I would uh, choose nowhere else to be today on Christmas Day. This is our big Christmas spectacular. And we, of course, let it in with the great Elvis Presley, who many, many say, Brad, is still alive, including our good friend Rob Clark from the Lone Gunman podcast. Well, and if anybody would know, it would be Rob Clark, my friend. I mean, that there is a man who has got his finger on the pulse of the real reality, if you know what I'm saying. I mean, a lot of people think Elvis is dead. A lot of people think Lee Harvey Oswald was alone in taking a few shots at JFK. And of course, Rob's on top of that. He knows that's simply not true. He does. And he actually has a, uh, a, a, a podcast up about the pristine fried peanut butter and banana sandwich that uh, they found next to fake Elvis, the one that, that, that was dead, the cadaver that they put into the jumpsuit next to the fried uh, peanut butter and banana sandwich, thinking that you see that sandwich. No one asks any questions. Meanwhile, the real Elvis is off recording records all the way into the 1990s, including Blue Christmas in the 80s, which is the version we played for everyone here on the big Christmas spectacular program. But uh, we are here at IP Frequently. Brad Sheaf, along with myself, David Pridham, we're very excited to join you on Christmas Day. We're here. And um, what what could possibly be more exciting than diving into uh, business uh, details on um, uh, December 25th? Oh, but yeah, I couldn't agree more. Hang on just a second. I'm, I've almost got everyone's stocking hung by our vast chimney here. I mean, we obviously have dozens of people in our studio audience. I, I'm trying to get everyone's stocking up and I've almost got it there. All right. Let me come back to the desk here. Yeah. But I, again, Christmas, New Year's, Feast of the Assumption, 
we're here to talk about small business. Yeah, yeah, we'll be here. New Year's, we'll be here. Um, as you said, feast of the assumption, Halloween, Thanksgiving. It doesn't matter. The next Thanksgiving that falls on a Saturday, we will be in studio. Uh, recording a live version of IP Frequently. We're very excited. The stockings look great. Um, we've decked the halls here, so we may as well just dive right into the two big news items of the week that small business owners have to be ready for, cannot, cannot lose focus of, and really have to sit down today, get out a, a legal pad or some something to write on, get out mm-hmm. a writing instrument, and start mm-hmm. taking notes of these two items. Yeah, some some form of ruled paper and a pen, and you're all set. That is uh, that is exactly right. So, Brad, should we just dive into the biggest story of the week? Let's do it, uh, uh, Brad. As, as you know, um, and as I know, um, you were a big San Francisco 49ers fan. Um, your hero has long been OJ Simpson. I, I do believe you spent some time with him at a fantasy football camp sometime in the 1990s or 2000s. I'm not not sure, and it's not important to dive in. But um, your, your good friend, O.J. Simpson, is now a completely free man. Uh, early parole release. Uh, he is no longer having to report into a P.O. He can travel anywhere he wants, although there are some COVID restrictions on him. Um, but he is, um, he is tanned, rested and ready. And I, I think it's probably time for him to jump back into network TV. What do you think? Uh, yeah, but I... I that's probably a stretch, right? I mean, OJ Simpson clearly killed his wife and that other poor bastard whose name escapes me. You probably remember. Uh, who is Ronald Goldman? Ronald Goldman. That's right. Yeah. He clearly killed those people. He is a lunatic. I mean, he, he, his behavior since that event is not surprisingly the behavior of a criminal. And, you know, network TV is is probably a stretch for him, although I have no doubt that he will do his own podcast. He, he should do his own podcast. We could we'd certainly enjoy interviewing him here on IP frequently. But uh, for, for the not small live, bis- though, not live. I don't want to have to disarm the guy. Well, we would probably want to put him into the same tent. We put that woke warrior last week surrounded by plexiglass and other sundry items so that you can't get at him, you know. Uh, that, may, that may be the case. Yeah. Although that didn't uh, didn't save our friend now, did it? <laughs> well, no. But I mean, again, as you'll recall, the studio audience, I, I've never seen anything like it. It was like from a 1930s professional football you know, movie of some sort. They formed that wedge. I don't know who that guy was who was on the tip of the wedge, but he was not to be trifled with. Had some big fellas behind him. A couple of the ladies joined in there. It would, buddy, if that guy had been contained inside a nuclear submarine, they would have punched through that hole and gotten to him. They would have. The, the, the only thing that I've seen in my lifetime that is even close to the viciousness of that attack was uh, if you go on YouTube and you actually call up some of the videos of the um, Marie Antoinette uh, footage being brought to the guillotine. Um, yeah. Very similar. Very. So I think actually a couple of the people were in the in, in both scenes. Now, was it Zabruder that took that film? I get that. No, Zabruder was the JFK film. I can't remember the name of the guy who took the Marie Antoinette film. It's equally as compelling. Yeah, I think it was Fellini who took that film, but it's a really good film. Oh, it's well, I mean, it is. It's troubling as all, you know, films of people being violently, you know, dealt with are. Yeah. Uh, But 
but yeah, I mean, he, he, the angles, the lighting, it was all very professional, which is, you know, what we've all come to expect. Yeah, exactly. So OJ is out there. If you have a small business, uh, be on the lookout and take appropriate steps. I guess that's all we can say. Yeah, indeed. Yeah. Uh, next, Brad, the second biggest story of the week. This is something, you know, when you and I are out having a cup of Joe, a good cup of coffee or at the uh, local tap, having a uh, having a light beer, watching the games. Like um, a couple of gentlemen, my like a couple of, like a couple of gentlemen just out yeah. enjoying mm-hmm. themselves. Mm-hmm. Um, people always uh, ask us, OK, when you have the first two stories to set the table for IP frequently, especially on a Christmas episode or a big holiday spectacular, um, you know, what should we focus on? We always say, listen, the first story is, is the lead. But then the second story is something that the common man the person that runs a laundromat, the person that runs a small restaurant or runs a bookstore or runs a coffee shop needs to know, needs to know so they can, so they can plan. So they can plan. And so um, the the second story is one that we are sad to report um, because it was to be our first uh, IPF remote show of the year 2022. But unfortunately, Brad, the Davos economic summit has been canceled for uh, January. They're going to try to do it later in the year, but apparently you and I are not going to be making the trek to Davos uh, this uh, next month. Well, it is unfortunate that they've canceled that, buddy. Uh, it is unfortunate that you and I will not have the opportunity to go. We've always enjoyed ourselves at that economic summit and frankly, every other economic summit that we have attended. Uh, but, I, you know, January is a tough time to travel, so... I, if they do it later in the year, maybe a nice springtime, maybe a May, maybe a June, uh, I think it could even be better. So now we can transition to some more mundane things like the Twitter war going on. You remember last week we talked about the time person of the year, not man, not woman, but person of the year, Elon Musk, who, when we last heard uh, from him, was leading a Noah's Ark-like expedition to the planet Mars. Mm -hmm. Uh, Apparently this week he sparred with uh, Senator Pocahontas, uh, Elizabeth Warren, Democrat, Massachusetts, your your favorite and mine. And how did that guy? I mean, I, I you know, not surprisingly, I didn't catch that. So what, what I presume they were not physically sparring. I would have paid money to see that. I presume by sparring, you mean there was some form of give and take, perhaps a social media back and forth. I don't know who would win a physical altercation between these two. But I do know that there was a clear winner in the um exchange uh, between the two. I guess it was all started by uh, Senator Elizabeth Warren, who said on Twitter, on the, I know you don't do social media, Brad, but on the Twitter, yes. uh, quote, let's change the rigged tax code so the all caps person of the year will actually pay some taxes this year and stop freeloading off everyone else. Oh, so she actually fired a shot at my uh, manufacturer of small electric vehicles. She fired a shot. She did. And um, he then came back at her calling her Senator Karen. And he said, and I quote, for those wondering, I will pay over $11 billion in taxes this year. Holy cats. Well, well, what's interesting about this whole thing is um, I I guess he's worth about almost a quarter of a trillion dollars, right? He's worth about $240 billion. And he has to, he has so many options at Tesla and he has to exercise them or they go away. And so he's exercising all these options, realizing an incredible gain because of the strike price. And then he's having to pay tax on that. And so apparently his tax bill for this past year is, is, is literally like $11 billion. And 
first of all, I didn't know anyone was paying that kind of a tax bill. Second of yeah. all, I don't see how that's, you know, quote unquote, freeloading off of the rest of us. Um, it seems like a pretty substantial tax bill to me. And, and the real question is, who is he freeloading off of? I mean, it, it, he's certainly not freeloading off of his next door neighbors. So my guess would have to be that what Miss Warren means by that is that he's not paying his fair share for all the services he's getting from the government. Right. And, and let me just tell you, if you have paid more than 79 cents in tax over the last two years, you have overpaid for the services you're getting from certainly the federal government. Now, look, I, you know, the cops, the firefighters, the folks in your neighborhood, you, you know, God bless those folks. They're out there trying to get it done every day. Local taxes is, is what pays the bill for them. We should all pay that. But if you have paid 79 cents or more, over the last 24-month period in federal taxes, you have overpaid for the services that your federal government is providing for you, particularly those being provided by Senator Elizabeth Warren. I mean, he's, he's yeah. pretty much funding everything privately, including exploring space in a more efficient way than our own government can, for goodness yeah. sakes. Yeah. He's going to take an arc to Mars, my friend. That's getting it done. I, I don't care what your standard is. If you take an arc to Mars, you're the guy behind that, then you know what? You're not freeloading. Brad, so far, it's been one of the best Christmases ever. I mean, it is hard not to have a truly Merry Christmas when I'm here with you. I, we're here with our studio audience. They are into it. There is ho-ho-hoing going on. It's a good time. Yeah, and there will be, for those of you here in the studio audience, there will be some hot cocoa. Uh, at the next break that we'll um, we'll pass out. Maybe a little bit of holiday cheer uh, spiked in there as well. We're very excited about that. And, uh, you know, we're also very excited about the big um, Yankee swap that we're going to be doing this year, Brad. Uh, I know you've got your gift in front of you. It seems to be moving around a little bit in there. It could be some sort of a pet from home. I've got mine here and we're ready to go and swap away. It's going to be a good time, my friend. I'm not, I don't want to give it away, but mine, I think, will be... Uh... What's the right word? Exciting for the person who gets to open it. Exciting and dangerous. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, so, Brad, next we go to the proverbial Grinch in Joe Biden's Christmas. Uh, Senator Joe Manchin has come out and said that he will not vote for the Build Back, build back Better bill. Say that five times fast. Uh, and he is uh, a no vote. He is not going to be supporting it which is probably a good thing considering it had about $5 trillion in new spending attached to it. Um, but uh, this effectively kills the cornerstone of the Biden agenda as we head into an election year when the Democrats could very well lose the House and the, uh, and the Senate. But it seems like uh, Senator Manchin has put a lump of coal in your favorite president's stocking. Funny and good for him. I, I do not know him at all. I don't know his political history. I don't know what he's done. I don't know if he's a good guy. I don't know if he's a bad guy. I don't know if he takes care of his wife. and I don't know anything about him. But I will tell you this, that takes a set of balls, right? I mean, there is a guy who I, I, I think it is fair to say that you and I have probably not experienced the kind of professional pressure that that guy must have been under to, you know, sort of turn a blind eye to his own conscience turn a blind eye to what is best 
for not only the people of Virginia, but for the people of the United States in general, not authorize what is just an astronomical sum of largely pork barrel spending and essentially vote buying um, by the Democratic Party and just say, I, I am going to stand by what I know is right. I know I am going to get crushed you know, by the media, by my Democratic colleagues in both the House and the Senate, but I am going to do what's right. Again, I, I, I don't know the guy, but that takes a set of balls. And so I tip my cap to Senator Manchin. Yeah. And there's there's talk now of him potentially jumping to the Republican Party, which would and, and as you, you you know, is predictable with a lot of the progressives. Um, you know, they have come out and just viciously attacked him. The White oh, House. I'm sure. I'm sure. And, and the White House came out with a statement saying that basically he lied. Um, the, your favorites from the squad basically did everything but say that he's anti-American, which is ironic coming from that crew. And so now there's talk that he potentially could jump to the Republicans, become an independent which would even make it more difficult for President Biden to get anything done. But if you're a small business owner, um, this is big because the tax code doesn't change, because the new IRS hit squad doesn't get enacted, because the new mandates on, you know, quote unquote, clean energy at the expense of <clears throat> fossil fuels doesn't get enacted. Uh, all the new government spending doesn't get enacted. So in retrospect, Brad, we may have wanted to lead with this instead of the O.J. Simpson story, because it seems to be a big deal for the mom and pop small business owner out there trying to make a payroll. Oh, buddy, I, I don't fault you, Brad. I don't fault you. It's the man in the ring who deserves the credit. You picked the top story. And listen, it's hard not to, you know, kind of get your focus drawn into what O.J. Simpson is doing. I mean, he's a uh, an American He's an American. Let's just, let's just say that. I think I think he is, certainly he is an American. I think we can say that. Uh, but this is a big story. And again, I mean, it is good for America if you spend. I, I don't care who you are. If if you're a raging liberal, calm down. I know you're foaming at the mouth. Go and look at what was in that bill. Okay, I, I am sure you will find a number of things that you say. No, no, no. We should have done this. And maybe you're right. But what you have to look at is what's in the entire. Bill and some of those things, buddy, you just mentioned need not to happen in the United States of America. And now it seems like they won't, at least they won't for the foreseeable future. And that is a good thing. It, listen, if the Democrats want to come back with a bill that makes sense without, you know, the IRS literally just being able to walk in your house and rifle through your papers and go through your social media and whatever else they were going to do, that's fine. I, Go for it. You, you at this point, you have both houses of Congress. You have the White House. You want to make some changes that, you know, enact a few more progressive policies. That is your right. You were duly elected. You can do that. But when you get nuts and you try to enact things that there, there's just no way or a good idea, then this is what should happen. And again, I tip my cap to Senator Manchin. He made it happen at great personal expense, at least in the sense of just being eviscerated. And you know what? Again, good for him. Yep. No, that's that's exactly right. And the, the, the one thing I'll leave with is for the people in the in the um, progressive wing that are now coming up and basically questioning the filibuster and other senatorial safeguards on rash legislation being enacted. You know, their 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 mantra is we can't let one senator stand in the way of what everyone else wants. Right. What the majority wants. Well, the reality is, you know, you've got 50 Republican senators who are all against this, right? And 
49 Democrats who are for it. Manchin's now against it. So the reality is it's not one senator. It's 51 senators and probably more than that because they haven't had a vote on this. And it, it's hard to believe that some of the other more conservative Democrats are going to be for this crazy hodgepodge of social spending. But but listen, listen, the good news is, Brad, um, that when people start talking and polling about 2024, because, again, that's only three years away. I mean, we're only going to be in Davos two or three times before the 2024 elections. Right, um, right. The latest Harris poll has said that there is an alternative to President Biden who could potentially come um, out of the old stable, if you will, and, and run. Oh, boy. And who would that be? Uh, that would be the true winner, Brad, of the 2016 campaign. Uh, I was the first you were say female that. president of the United States who read her beautifully articulated acceptance speech on the Today Show with Willie Geist a couple of weeks ago, Hillary Rodham Clinton. She's only 74 years old, um, which one Democrat has said in this poll is like being bathed in the fountain of youth compared to Biden. And she's still stunned that she actually lost to Donald Trump. So um, there could be a dark horse emerging here and you could have Clinton Trump part deux in 2024. But from an entertainment perspective, that would be a good time. You and I would do our usual rope it off, pop some corn, sit down, watch. We'd enjoy it. But it's interesting that Hillary Clinton is almost like the opposite of Elvis, right? I mean, people think Elvis is dead and we happen to know that he's not and he's still recording. And then you've got Hillary Clinton, who is in fact dead, but no one's told her. And so she's still out thinking she can campaign for the presidency. I just find the whole thing ironic. Yeah, it's it is ironic. But, you know, a lot of the policies that Hillary Rodham Clinton ran on in 2016 have started to be enacted. Obviously, Build Back Better didn't get uh, over the hump, but some of the transformational changes she sought to make as a um, as a remarkably insightful candidate in 2016 have started to take hold. And those would be well. So, for example, Brad, and you know this because you boxed in the Navy. The Navy has now launched a maternity uniform pilot program uh, in 2022 for expecting sailors, uh, men and women, because of course we can't be discriminatory when we um, when we do this. But they're actually like um, almost frocks or mumus, like Hillary Clinton Rodham uh, wore on the campaign trail, and it's nice because it gives these expecting sailors the opportunity to be comfortable while still fighting for uh, old glory. Which I applaud. I mean, it, you know, the, the look that Clinton manifested on the campaign trail was, uh, you know, uh, certainly unique to her. And so if we can bring that to the United States Navy, then I am a hundred percent for it. I, I mean, again, to just keep the record straight, I, I did, box but it was in the air force world um, class so i don't want i don't want anyone to uh you know i'm not i'm certainly not pretending to have been in the navy i was in the air force sometimes david gets those two things confused which is understandable i mean there's airships and there are sea ships and you can get those things confused Seamen. Uh, but i, I see men i i'm 100 percent for it and i it, my advice is if you are in the navy and you are a dude and they offer you the opportunity to wear the maternity frock because they can't, you know, we've got ourselves in such a 
ridiculous position as a country that the even the Navy cannot prevent a male sailor from wearing a maternity uniform. You have to do that. You have yeah. to do that. It's okay, I mean, it's just comfort. for David and I, I'm begging you, put on the maternity uniform, go to work, make them eat it, send us pictures. We will post them. You have to do that. And if the rest of the military follows suit, as I'm sure they will, then we need all the photos of male airmen and soldiers and Marines in their particular branch of the service, Coast Guardsmen, whatever you got, in their particular branch of the service's maternity uniform. That would be a fantastic outcome. Yeah, you know, that, uh, that, that, that's right. I think, um, again, Hillary Rodham Clinton broke that glass ceiling for these expectant seamen. And um, for that, she should be rewarded. And it looks like, look, I mean, why not? Hillary. I mean, that, that would probably be a good campaign slogan. Why not? Yeah. I mean, that, that, if I were Hillary, I think that's what I would do. I would just put, you got to vote. What the heck? Might as well be me. Look at this pantsuit I'm in. Yeah, no, I think that's exactly right. I think, um, and the question for us ultimately, and people ask us all the time, they'll say, hey, David and Brad, we have a question. Um, when you uh, evaluate potential political matchups, like uh, Rodham Clinton, Trump, duh. Um, and you, you you conduct that evaluation, obviously impartially, as we always do. Um, mm -hmm. How do you look at things um, in terms of the ultimate result? Um, is the entertainment value worth the clear detrimental effect and impact on the nation as a whole? And again, we have to take this as we see it, you, you know, you call it as you see it, but uh, that that's a tough call, tough call. Well, especially with that, right? I mean, I, I think at the end of the day, buddy, you and I would probably say, hey, we got to put the the actual needs of the country, of the American people in front of the entertainment value. But when you think about a debate between Hillary Rodham Clinton and the old Donald J. Trump, you know, them, those two going back at it again, when they literally have nothing to lose, right? I mean, as you pointed out, Hillary's a dark horse. Trump, you know, maybe he wins, maybe he doesn't, who knows. But to just put those two back in the ring when, when you know, all bets are off, whew, I mean, it's going to be hard to walk away from that, even for the security of the country. Yeah, no, absolutely. So we'll move on to something a little bit more uplifting, and uh, something that I think is uh, probably uh, going to make everyone feel better after the Hillary Rodham Clinton talk. Uh, Brad, as you know, we monitor uh, things across the globe uh, on behalf of small business owners everywhere. What we do is we try to uh, keep a lookout on international trends that could come to America. And we, we warn our, our viewers if there are potential um, uh, for issues that they're going to have to encounter. Well, our crack staff led by Jared have come up with uh, a potential trouble spot that we need to keep a lookout on. And of course, we are monitoring the asteroids colliding towards Earth. I am not talking about that. Um, but one of the first places you go to look for trends that could impact America, obviously, are in Indian villages overseas, in particular, the Magellan and the Lavul villages. Brad, I think you visited both. Um, well, apparently, there's a big conflict going on in those two Indian villages that uh, has led to the murder of 250 dogs 
by what? enraged monkeys. Um, again, Brad, let me just let me just out- outline yeah. this. <laughs> let me just outline this for you. <laughs> Uh, because this is a this is a huge problem. I can tell that you're beside yourself. You obviously are a dog and monkey lover. Um, but apparently enraged monkeys in these villages um, have uh, killed 250 dogs by dragging them to the top of buildings and trees and dropping them off. Um, panic-stricken residents have also come under attack by these monkeys. They say that uh, there are now barely any dogs left in the Lavul village. There are some left in the Majalagan village, um, but 250 dogs are dead, Brad. And they say that what started this whole thing was revenge. Um, one or two of the dogs killed an infant monkey in the Indian villages and in one of these two Indian villages and it has led to this rampage. But at this point, um, people are scared. Uh, people are panic stricken. Um, and there are multiple images of these monkeys just picking up dogs and throwing them off of very, very high objects. And obviously what we want to do is we want to bring that news to you, our viewers, first and foremost. But we also want to be in a position to tell you yes or no, is this likely to happen here? And I, I just I, I just don't know. First and foremost, it's important for folks to recognize that no one has small villages in India blanketed the way IP frequently does. Our network in small villages in India is second to none. So it doesn't come as a surprise to me uh, that we would be on top of this story. And as our friend of the show, good friend of the show, Ricardo Montalban would tell you, revenge is a dish best served cold. And it sounds to me like the monkeys are serving up a very chilly dish of revenge on the dog side. When you first said this, I was I did not know where we were going here. Yeah. Dead, well, 250 no dead dogs. But, no but now that, hey, I mean, look, you kill a baby monkey, you know what? You, uh, you've started something. You put your hat in the ring. Now, I don't know that dogs wear hats in India. I don't know that they don't. Uh, but you have definitely thrown your hat in the ring. And if the monkeys decide to take revenge and they're going to start hurling dogs off a building, you, you got no one to blame but yourself. Should have left that baby monkey alone. Everybody knows that. Yeah, I guess the monkeys have, have basically killed out all the dogs. I, I mean, the, the pictures we're getting back are um, are chilling. We've got pictures of monkeys carrying dogs up mountains or, or up, up uh, uh, trees and up buildings. We've got pictures of dogs running back after the monkeys. There's a there's a video clip of a um, of a uh, monkey going for a baby human baby. Um, people just running every which direction, just in a full-on panic. I mean, this is to say this is not what you're looking for is a is an understatement. Perhaps you're looking for President Hillary Rodham Clinton before you're looking for something like this. But look, this is carnage, and this is something that shouldn't be allowed to happen in this in this country. Well, yeah, though no, we we want to keep our monkeys happy. Uh, we want to maintain the detente that we have worked so hard to have here in the United States between our dogs and our monkeys. Uh, for well over 200 years, there has not been monkey on dog or dog on monkey crime here in the United States. We want to keep it that way. America. Uh, and I think this, uh, I think this is, a, is a warning to us about what we teach our dogs. I mean, listen, leave the baby monkeys alone. You're a dog, raise your own you know, babies and leave other species, babies alone, or, or this could happen to you. It could be taken up to the top of a tree 
and hurled off into space. And you know what? No one to blame but yourself. Yep. No, you, this is definitely not, not what the dogs were looking for. I mean, at this point, there may be no dogs left in uh, in India by the time next Christmas arrives, and that's a shame. But that's the price you pay for the life you choose, my friend, as uh, Don Corleone called uh, Andy Garcia in Godfather 3. And truer words were never spoken in Godfather 3, any other movie, or just in general. Exactly. Finally, Brad, um, there are still people out there who um, are looking for last-minute Christmas gifts. As you know, we've had a couple of people in the audience come up to us with some uh, some some nice gifts. I, I think Brad got a nice scented candle from um, one of our uh, one of our audience members. I, I believe someone gave me a uh, corncob pipe, which I greatly enjoy. Um, but people are still looking for quality. Uh, holiday gifts. Of course, you can go to the IP Frequently website at IPFrequently.com and you can buy a, you know, a shirt, perhaps a mug, maybe a signed uh, poster of myself and Brad. Um, but uh, there are other options out there, Brad, that you can still get at this time. And I thought it made sense to maybe talk a little bit about one of those particular items which you brought to my attention. Buddy, if you help one person, you've helped everyone. And so yeah, I yeah. think, you know, in a time of crisis like this, where if you don't have your Christmas gifts bought, you are on the clock. If we can help, let's do it. Yeah. So this is the show, of course, 90 Day Fiance, which is, like, is a show where you meet someone and you get married within 90 days. Uh, one of the stars of that program uh, has come out with flatulence in a jar and is selling this online. Believe it or not, this is one of the benefits of having sort of this technology-driven economy. Um, she is selling jarred flatulence and is making $50,000 a week selling this stuff. And people are, people are actually buying it. You know what, but I'm looking for the need, right? So are there just folks that like, if you want to have someone smell a fart, which, yeah. you know, strikes me as an odd thing to desire. I mean, you know, maybe it's just me. But if that's where you're at, you're like, you know what? This guy needs to smell a fart. I, I'm under the impression, generally speaking, you can just produce that. You know, you eat the right food, you maintain your diet. You can just make that happen on your own. You don't need a jar. You don't need anything. Uh, so I, 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 I guess I don't understand the market for this. Um, but also, I don't understand how you do it. Maybe I don't need to know. Yeah, at the end of the day, you know what? I probably don't even want to know. Yeah. I, I just thought it was shocking enough that this was happening. I didn't even get into the how. Yeah, I don't I don't blame you. Uh, you've sent me some photos of this gal. She looks like someone who would be on 90 Day Fiance. She has that, uh, you know, very classy look about her. Yeah. And also looks like someone who would sell you a fart in a jar. I, I could tell you, though, there are some people. And maybe next year what we do is we come with a list and we send a fart in a jar to like four or five people. Uh, I'm for that. I'm for it, pal. I'm for it. Maybe we should communicate with this uh, young woman and, you know, see if we can get a special IP frequently fragrance. I mean, yeah. you know, you and I sort of, uh, you know, we're not we're not troubled by flatulence, never have been. And uh, not, not, we, can... we don't have, we don't revel in it, of course. Well, no, no. I mean, there's a difference. But we're not we're not troubled by it. We're, we're gentlemen. Sometimes things happen. And uh, but maybe we can come up with our own brand. You know, when I think about it, and no pun intended, it's sort of a horse race uh, between whether or not you'd want to deal with one of these farts in a jar or those 
<laughs> enraged revenge-seeking monkeys in uh, in uh, in India that are killing all those dogs. I, I think that is a fine line to cross, my friend. And I, I I don't know which way I'd go. The Omicron is running roughshod over the uh, entire world. Europe is starting to shut down. The Netherlands, Brad. The Netherlands is shutting down. Davos has opened up, but they're not doing the big uh, the big um, uh, business summit. So, of course, we won't be going there. We also won't be going to the UK, where we'd be barred or banned from entry. And uh, here in the states, um, New York uh, has shut down its famous Rockettes show. The Rockettes. Uh, will no longer be performing. Um, they have canceled all of the remaining shows for this year because of a COVID outbreak in New York City, which is the epicenter of the Omicron um, disease spread in the United States. I mean, there's, there's a lot about this that I just don't get. So one, I'm, you know, I think we should start off by saying I'm terribly surprised that Bill de Blasio's uh, you know, sort of made up mandate that every private employer had to have all of their employees vaccinated hasn't solved the problem. I mean, it's just stunning that a guy, you know, who's obviously that smart, that capable, uh, wasn't able to uh, to get out in front of this thing. But but here's the part I don't understand. And I know we've talked about this before, but I still don't understand it. H- have we just decided as a human race that we can't get sick anymore? Is, is, is that what it is that we're just we're not going to allow anyone to have an illness, because I think that's going to be an uphill battle. But it seems like that's where we've gone, right? So we're shutting down for, I mean, look, in the vast, vast, vast majority of cases, even the original variant of COVID was a cold, right? For the vast majority of people, you had a cold. Somewhere around 50% of the people had no idea they even had it, right? But for the vast majority of the rest, you basically just had a cold. I had it. I wouldn't have even referred to it as, as a severe cold. I, you know, I, I, I work from home, so I just kept doing what I always do, right? It didn't slow me down at all, or my wife, or our two daughters that are still at home. Um, no, neither of them were slowed down by it. So, and then this, this variant is supposed to be less dangerous. Yes, easier to catch, but less dangerous. And so what you're trying to avoid is not significant illness, apparently. It's just getting sick. And, I, and I'm, I'm reasonably confident we can't do that. Yeah, I think that's I think that's uh, probably a difficult path to take. I know that Dr. Ja, who's a uh, um, one of these epidemiologists on the um, uh, uh, on the TV recently, has said if you're boosted or if you have your first and second Pfizer or Moderna, uh, Omicron will be less severe than the common flu or the common cold. So it does seem like the severity of the disease is dying off or waning a little bit. Also, we are able to treat the disease more than we were you know, 18 months ago when we didn't have much information about it. Now we have a, a good database of information about how to treat it and how to treat some of these, these variants. So it would seem that we are naturally transitioning or should be naturally transitioning into a place where we can live with the virus and, and try to you know, deal with it as you would a cold, but you still have these pockets of people here and abroad who want to just shut everything down and think that that's the way to, the way to go. I think I heard Fauci say over the weekend that uh, um, uh, he saw Omicron going through the U.S. pretty quickly and then petering out in a, in a month or a month and a half. I mean, whether or not that's the case, who knows? 
Uh, he's been wrong so many times, but it's sort of interesting. Some of these takes you get from uh, some of the medical, you know, quote unquote experts. And I don't even think Fauci is advocating a full shutdown anymore. I think that ship has sailed. Uh, de Blasio is keeping the big New Year's Eve celebration at uh, uh, Times Square uh, going. And so, you know, you sort of see the evolution that, that in, in thinking that a lot of these politicians have had primarily tied to the fact that I don't think people are going to stand for another lockdown. Yeah, well, and nor should they. I mean, you cannot turn the economy on and off like a light switch. I mean, it just doesn't work that way. And then for the Omicron variant, they um, happily said with the uh, cheerfulness of old FDR that we are, and this is a quote from your White House, we are intent on not letting Omicron disrupt, disrupt work and school for the vaccinated. You've done the right thing and we will get through this. For the unvaccinated, though, you're looking at a winter of severe illness and death. Dot, dot, dot. Um, so again, uh, doesn't exactly uh, seem like the old Ronald Reagan um, endless optimism is uh, emanating from uh, your favorite house of white. Is there no one there who could look at that and say, eh, you know what? I, I, I get it. I know why you wrote it. You're angry because you came out and said vaccines are important and a bunch of people told you to go F yourself. And so now you can't get off of it. You can't let that go. So I, I understand why you wrote that. That's not the message we want coming from the office of the president of the United States. So take that back, rewrite it a little bit, bring it back to me. Let me look at it. Is there no one in the entire White House who has the wherewithal to do that? Apparently not. What about those kids from the old antebellum mansion? Can't they speak some reason into the situation? Well, they would. I'm sure they would be willing to. I'm sure they wouldn't even have to be paid like they were to be in that commercial with Kamala Harris. You would have to pay me to sit that close to Kamala Harris. So I totally get that. But I think if you ask them, hey, can you bring some reason into the public pronouncements coming out of the White House? I'm sure every single one of those children would say, yes, we can do a better job than is currently being done. Yep. Well, listen, um, uh, all we can do at this point is pray and hope that uh, um, the voice of reason can penetrate some of those marble heads sitting in the, uh, in the White House and the, uh, and the uh, old executive office building, Brad. Yeah. I, I mean, there there's, must not be an adult in that entire crowd. Someone who, look, just being politically savvy, right? Which is not something that I would generally use as a compliment. I would, if I liked someone, I wouldn't say, boy, there goes a politically savvy guy, right? I don't consider that a compliment. But they're, they're, these are folks who have been in politics all of their lives and they can't read that message and recognize, eh, you know, that's just not, you know, going to help us in 2022 or in 2024. To, to, for, for us to be the White House of severe illness and death is not the message that we want to uh, you know, proclaim to the American people. But I, I mean, apparently there is. Yeah, I mean, it, 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 we can hold out hope and maybe that'll be one of our New Year's miracles uh, that we uh, talk about uh, next week on the big New Year's program. But for now, we are here on uh, Christmas Day, IP frequently. Uh, we are here with a studio audience of people that have given up their holidays at home to come spend it with us. And, and we're thrilled for that. And as I said earlier, there'll be some spiked hot cocoa 
Um, there'll probably be some hors d'oeuvres or something like that. And uh, maybe a cheese ball. I don't, I don't know, Brad. I don't know. It is the season, my friend. Poor cheese ball. It is the season. It is the season. Um, yeah. Now, Brad, we also have to talk about some of the trends in dining that have come out the past year and are starting to really take hold. And I know you are a big uh, fan of the McDonald's. I think you go to the McDonald's several times a week. I think last time we talked about four or five could be more. I don't know. No one judges you. No one is judging you here. Um, But there is a new craze in McDonald's. Uh, They are rolling out exercise bike seating areas where you can sit on an exercise bike and pedal fast or slow while you're eating your Big Mac or your quarter pounder with cheese. It's something that the government has tried to encourage more physical activity um, and less uh, high um, you know, caloric intake meals and all that stuff. Uh, and now it seems like uh, the Golden Arches is a place where you can go work out while you eat your, uh, your fries. Are you excited about that, Brad? I'm looking for the sense in this, right? So first and foremost, while I admit that if I am on the road early in the morning, I will swing through a McDonald's, I will grab a cup of coffee and I will get an Egg McMuffin. I admit to that. I think the Egg McMuffin is a delicious breakfast sandwich. It's not my favorite breakfast sandwich, but it is a delicious breakfast sandwich. So I will do that. I cannot eat anything else that they produce at McDonald's. It, just, it literally makes me sick. It makes it me upset to my stomach to eat their burgers. I'm not saying they're poisonous. I don't need any hate mail from them. I'm just saying I can't do it. So I certainly couldn't work out and eat any of that. That would be a recipe for disaster for me. But I, I, I'm not really sure what you're trying to do. If you're saying to yourself, I need to hit the gym a little bit. I need to get myself a little more healthy. So I'll just combine that with the old double quarter pound of a cheese. I, 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 I don't, I, I just don't see it. Well, listen, I mean, to each his own, I think that uh, having people work out for their Big Mac is probably not the worst thing you can do. It makes it a little more cumbersome, a little more difficult to go around, uh, navigate, if you will, the uh, aisles at the McDonald's. But uh, look, it's, um, it is what it is. I think it's a step in the right direction, a positive step. Or a, a pedal in the right direction, if you will. Speaking of which, uh, Brad, we now go to our award-winning segment, Bard or Band. And here we are on Christmas Day with the Bard or Band segment that everyone loves. It's one, as everyone out there knows, a bronze Stevie. This year it's up for a silver Stevie, which is more prominent than the bronze version because silver... Also more difficult to say. Correct. Silver yeah. Stevie. Silver, yeah. Uh, silver is more, more uh, rare than bronze, in fact. Hmm. All right. I'll take your word on that. There you go. So this is the uh, the Barter Band segment, Christmas Day edition. And this week, Brad, we decided to meld this in with the Woke Report. Of course, the Woke Report is where we have uh, woke people and we report on them. There you go. Hence the uh, name, as they e- say. Exactly. Exactly. So now the question uh, this week, Barter Band, the state of California, the state of uh, California. Should it be barred? Should it be banned? Should it be banished? Should it be beamed? I don't know. Um, but this week, Brad, the um, DA of Los Angeles, George Gasson, with a cedilla, a cedilla in his last name, has mm-hmm. announced that he will no longer be prosecuting juveniles accused of sexual battery, 
sexual assault and burglary uh, under his plan for restorative justice. Uh, and he is instead going to turn towards a flavor of rehabilitation. Um, and so this is a memo that the DA in LA has circulated. It's his new criminal diversion program. And the plan is to drop criminal charges against juvenile uh, offenders of these certain felonies and instead focus on uh, potentially uh, um, uh, trying to rehabilitate those individuals. So right now on the list of charges that will not be filed would be burglary, assault, robbery, arson, and sexual battery. Now, if you say, wait a minute, wait a minute, how could this be good? This seems to be over-inclusive. Um, I can tell you that firearms charges, rape, homicide, and voting Republican are not part of the program. So you can still be charged for those crimes, Brad. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Well, as always is my hope for folks who make just unconscionable decisions like that, that the chickens come home to roost right on their front door. I, I hope that this guy's house is burgled. I hope he is a victim of arson and then has to look those same people in the eye and say, well, you're, you're free to go, right? We're going to get you into a nice program where a nice person will give you a hug. And, and if you really are looking for restorative justice, then that's how you get it. You have a DA who says, I'm not going to charge anyone with these acts criminally. And then they all happen to him. And then we'll see how we'll see what he says at that point. And, and frankly, if he says, nope, even though all of these things happen to me or my loved ones, I'm fine with it. I'm going to stand by my decision. If he does that, I'll tip my cap. But my guess is he won't. Well, you know, there is some hope. There is some hope um, for potentially a change. Of course, the mayor of San Francisco, right? The mayor of San mm -hmm. Francisco, mm -hmm. um, London Breed. London Breed has come out and declared a state of emergency in the city, uh, saying that there is a drug overdose and crime crisis in San Francisco. Of course, this has all been uh, sort of nurtured by Mayor Breed's policies, which overlap the woke DA in uh, Los Angeles by refusing to um, uh, charge crimes that uh, they deem to be um, crimes that could be part of a restorative justice program as opposed to, uh, you know, what it is, a crime. And so she has now declared a state of emergency and she is trying to escalate um, uh, some of the uh, police procedures and, and protocols in the downtown district, the financial district of San Francisco. Of course, most of the police officers have left the force in light of the riots of twenty. 21 um, and in light of some of the other uh, issues that have gone on with the uh, reform of the police and defund the police movements. So it's going to be difficult to get people to actually patrol the streets. Um, but it looks like at least the mayor of San Francisco is realizing that uh, she has created quite a mess in one of the most beautiful cities in the world that is now just a, a, a sewer. You know, sometimes you, you look at a policy, you say, that's not the decision that I would make. That's you know not the direction I would go with this, but you know it's it's reasonable. Let's see what happens, and then you know it doesn't go well, and, and there's really no animus. You go, yeah, well, you know, I mean, again, that, that's not what I would have done. It didn't go well. We'll do something else. But these people 
flat out deserve what is currently happening. I'm not the good folks of San Francisco who you know have to live with this, but but these quote unquote leaders, because it it is entirely predictable what's going to happen, right? I, I mean, this idea that somehow the police cause crime and therefore reducing the number of police is going to reduce crime is absurd. It's the same mentality as someone who says, well, I, 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 I'm, I'm never going to go to the doctor. And you ask them, why not? And they go, well, every time I go there, you know, the doctor finds something wrong with me. I'm like, well, why do you go to the doctor? Well, when there's something wrong with me, right? And they blame the doctor. Like, well, if I hadn't have gone, I wouldn't have gotten cancer, right? It's just, it's absurd. And this behavior is absurd to say, well, the problem is the fact that we're enforcing the law. If we stop enforcing the law, we'll be fine. And that's what all these folks are saying. So the DA in LA is saying, it's what the mayor in San Francisco is saying. It's it's all of these asinine CEOs, like from Nordstrom, who were all over the, you know, woke approach, right, and defund the police. And now all of a sudden their stores are just being rampaged and they have hundreds of thousands of dollars of loss and they're petitioning Congress to do something about it. No, no is the answer to your question. This is what you asked for. This is what you're going to get. And maybe you will learn your lesson and stay out of the way when the adults are talking. You know, Brad, I couldn't have said it better myself. The studio audience is at their feet uh, applauding that. We say no to wokeness and we say barred to wokeness and Brad and band will do both because the stronger of the two will take effect and maybe cancel out the other one. It'll be it'll be. It'll be imposed. So that's what we say. And that will be the final word from us uh, here at IP Frequently on this lovely Christmas day. We are going to bar and ban wokeness and we'll just let the chips fall and we'll see what uh, see what uh, comes out of the whole hodgepodge. Amen. We will see you here bright and early the very first day of 2022 on IP Frequently. This has been IP Frequently. Once again, clearing a forest of lies with the machete of truth. You're welcome.